chapter 9. We are going to pick up at verse 1. Here, they shall not taste of death till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter, James, and John, leadeth them up into a high mountain, apart by themselves. He was transformed, his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. But he was not what to say, but they were sore afraid. There was a cloud that overshadowed them, and this is my beloved son, hear him. Suddenly, when they had looked round about, they saw no man anymore. Save Jesus. This song, Jesus only. Jesus only. Let's put down our Bibles and let's lift up our hands and our voices and let's call upon the name of the Lord. Dear God, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, dear Lord, for another opportunity to come into your house, Lord, and to call upon your holy name, O Lord. Oh, we thank you, dear Lord, for wealth lift you up this day. We want to give you all of the glory and all of the honor. We lift up our hands to you. We lift up our voices unto you, Lord. For you are worthy to be glorified. We need your power, Lord. We need your mercy, Lord. We need your anointing in this place, almighty God. We can do nothing without you, Lord Jesus. For we are not ashamed, O oh Lord, to call on you, Lord, and to bless your name in spirit and in truth. We give you all of the praise and all of the honor. Everybody say amen. Be seated this morning in the house of the Lord. The nine. Jesus is speaking to the crowd. And in verse 1, he begins to tell them that there are some that were there that would not die until they saw the kingdom of God come with power. And after that, days later, Scripture tells us six days later, he takes with him Peter, James, and John, that Jesus would oftentimes take them with him when he was about to reveal his power, when he was about to reveal his glory, you'll see this to be true in the account of Jairus. And he comes to Jesus concerned about his back home at the point of death. The Bible says that as Jesus made his way to Jairus' house, that he got held up a little bit with someone Bible says that the servant of Jairus comes and says, Trouble the master anymore. Said, Your daughter has died. Jesus gives Jairus a word of faith. 
and they keep making their way to Jairus' house. When he makes it in, the Bible says that he takes in with him Peter and that when they go in, the people are weeping, they are wailing, they have been hired for that reason. And Jesus begins to speak faith. They were doubtful from the dead. And so he, oftentimes he took these disciples with him when his power, amen, when he was about to reveal his power, when he was about to reveal his glory. Can I tell you this morning, amen, when it comes down to seeing God's power at work, God's glory manifested. I don't know about anybody else, but I want to be a part of the ones that sees it, amen. I want to be a part of those that experience. Many know that he has all power, amen, in his hands. That there is nothing weak about Jesus. There is nothing that is incomplete about him. But he is completeness, amen. He is the one that is able to pick us up and to turn our lives around to set our feet on something. He's able to pull us out of the muck and out of the mire. He's able to pull us out of horrible situations. He's able to break strongholds and chains and addict us out of whatever it is that has a hold on us this morning that appears to be impossible. I say it appears to be impossible because with Jesus, all things are possible. Amen. That there is no trial, there is no test, there is no sickness that our God cannot deliver. I don't know about anybody else, but on a Sunday morning, I come to lift up that name. I come to let him know that I believe in you. I still trust in you. No, I didn't come to chaos. I'm going out with a bang. I'm going out with a praise on my lips. I'm going out with a dance in my feet. I'm going out with lifted hands. I'm going out with a joyful heart. Come on, somebody. Did you come in prepared for what the Lord is about to do in this place with him? Bible says that he leads them up into a high mountain, apart by themselves. The scripture says that he was transceived. The Bible says that he took them up. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. We should want God to take us up. Amen. Take us up a little bit higher than where we are. Amen. I talked about it the other night that sometimes we find ourselves in low places in life. Amen. We find ourselves in depressed states. And they seem so bad like things are not going to get any better. But can I remind us on a Sunday morning, amen, that things will get better as long as we keep a little weary and a little tired. But let me tell you about a God that can pull us up, a God that can take us a little bit higher than where we are this morning. I'm determined not to stay, amen, in a depressed situation. I'm determined, amen, not to keep a, a frown on my face, not to allow my lip to continue. But I believe that God is able to take me up a little bit higher. I believe God is able to cause me to lift up my head and lift up 
up my eyes and help me to see a brighter day is on the horizon. Anybody believe that this morning? Anybody allow you to cause me to remain depressed and oppressed? But I got a made up mind. I'm allowing Jesus to take me up a little bit higher. I'm allowing Jesus to lift me up a little bit to help me to recognize that things aren't as bad as they seem to be. How many know that he is able to take you up? Amen. The Bible of the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. I believe on a Sunday morning, I need to rise up. I need to mount. Not then. That God is able to turn things around for my good. You'll find out that Jesus wants to elevate people. He wants to elevate. He wants to take people a little bit higher and help people to see things from a different perspective. From a di- You'll find out we have our own way of looking at things because of our experiences in life and because of what we saw growing up to aim loved ones act a certain way. We've seen um, parents, amen, act a certain way and do a certain thing. And we think that that's how we should do things. But you'll find out that when you come in contact with this God, amen, this God, listen, that all of his ways are right, amen. It doesn't matter what you say about it. God's way is right when it's all said and done. And there is nothing like reading God's word, amen. There is nothing like coming acquainted with the Almighty God. As Simlins taught me was wrong, amen. And everything that I thought, listen, that culture was speaking into my life, I thought that that's how I should carry myself. I thought that that's my viewpoint that I should have. But when you come in contact with the Almighty God, you find out that he trumps culture, he trumps what your parents taught you. You come to find out that our ways are not like his ways and our thoughts are not like his thoughts, but that his thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. How many know that Jesus knows what's best? Amen. So I got to allow Jesus to pull me out of coat and I have to allow Jesus to show me that his way is a whole lot better. His way is a whole lot higher. How many want God's way this morning. How many want Jesus to work in your life? And so he tries to take people higher. But you'll find out that sometimes we are comfortable with where we are. We're comfortable. We can't we can't fathom change. We can't bring ourselves to change it. Even if God is saying, my way is a whole lot higher. He took took them by the hand and he led them up. Listen, the, the key to elevation is allowing Jesus to lead you. The key to being lifted a little bit higher where you see that it's not all about down here, amen, but that you can see a, you can see a little far off. And recognize that it's not about all down here. How many know that we have not a continuous city down here? Amen. 
paper, they will fade and they will pass away. But in order for you to come to that revelation where you begin to look towards something that is greater than down here, you got to allow God to elevate you where you can see from a distance and understand. I see something greater on the horizon. Amen. I don't know about anybody else. Amen. That the gates, the Bible says that it's paved with gold. Amen. Gates of pearl. Amen. You got to allow God to be able to give you a different outlook. He led them up. In order to experience Jesus' glory, you got to be willing to allow God to take you away from everything else that is holding you back and that is trying to keep you in a place where you can only think about what's down here. People don't believe that Jesus will remove us from some situations, that he can't bless us in certain situations. Out of that environment, he will bring us out of that condition, and then he will bless us. And the word is, don't go back. See, because in going back, it will diminish what Jesus has performed in your life. The Bible says he shows up to a certain city, and man to him. And he comes to Beth, the, the city was Bethsaida. And they bring a blind man to him. And the Bible says that Jesus could have easily just, he led him outside of the city, amen. And the Bible says he laid his hands on him. And Jesus asked him, do you see? The man said he lifted up his eyes and he says, I see all men as trees. And the Bible says Jesus laid his hands on you again and said, do you see now? He said that I see. And Jesus' word to him after his healing was, don't don't go back into the city. Somebody got to recognize and in order for the experience to be willing to obey the word of the Lord and allow Jesus to take you by the hand and lead you, amen, and guide you, amen. Can I tell you, I want God's blessing more than anything. I want a healing more than anything. I want to be saved more than anything. So if God got to remove me from some things, so be it. Abraham, leave your country, leave your kindred, leave your father, Kirsten. I'll make you a great name. I'll make a great nation out of you. Out through you, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. Can I tell you that if Abraham would have stayed there, amen? And ignored what God was calling him to do. Blessings of God on his life. There are There is a very real reason why God tries to pull us and remove us from certain things. to uh, So that we can experience. Everybody doesn't believe in the one true living God. Amen. Abraham's father was an idolater. Amen. And so God could not bless him in that kind of state. God had to bring him out of that 
situation in order for his promises to come to pass in his life. Can I tell you something? I don't want, listen, the one true living God. And how many know that there is only one God? Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And when you become acquainted with that one God, there is power like no other. How many want power to rise up this morning? How many want power to begin be able to lift the devil in hell in his face? And you will not tell me how I need to be. I got power over you. I got power to put you underneath my feet this morning. So he takes them up. The Bible says when he gets them up there, he is transfigured. They are there in that glory as they see him in his glory. They were, the Bible says that they were so afraid that they saw with him Moses and Elijah. And they were talking with Jesus. You read in the doubt that they are talking to Jesus about his passion. It always is interesting that the ones that are there, Moses representing and it was in the writing of the prophets that it was revealed, amen, through Scripture, the Almighty God coming, robing himself in flesh, and the fact that he would pay a price for the sins of humanity. And here he is talking to those that have testified of Moses that told the people in Deuteronomy chapter 18 that the Lord would raise up a prophet likened unto me, and that you preached a message, amen, and that message was you are to repent, amen. That message was to turn the hearts of the people back unto the living God to the point where he had gotten so fed up with their idolatry. The Bible says he told them enough is enough. He said, how long will you hope between tell you this morning, I don't want to be stuck between two opinions this morning, amen. I want to have a made up mind that there is only one true living God and that his name is Jesus. I want to stand on the fact that there is only one God and his name is Jesus. Some may say he's John the Baptist, amen. Some may say he's Jeremiah, he's Christ of the living God. We are sure about this this morning that there is only one, amen. I said there's only one. And Jesus is his name. Elijah was so fed up with it, stuck between two opinions. He said, listen, we're going to get to this mountain. He said, you know that Baal didn't say a word, didn't utter a word. But when after Elijah built that altar, he rebuilt the altar. The Bible says he put that sacrifice on that altar. Now, listen, in the midst of a famine, amen, no rain, he is finding water from somewhere. 
and he is rich in that sacrifice that when he began to pray and call on the living God, that fire fell. Amen. Can I tell you? That's what happens when you call on the real living God. Amen. That God is going to answer. That God is going to answer by fire. God knows we need him to move in this house this morning. I need God to consume my sacrifice. I need God to move on my behalf. So he takes them up and they see this. They are experiencing the glory of God. And they were afraid. Peter said, listen, Lord, it is good for us to be here. I got a question for you. Do you believe that it's good for you this morning? Come on, have you made up in a made up or have a made up mind? It's good for me to be in the house of the Lord. No way will we sit out of the house of the Lord. There's church tonight, we're gonna be there. There and God willing will be there the next night. Amen. It is good for us to be here. You know why? Because I can't experience this nowhere else, amen. I will not experience the power of God at a ball game or at a bar somewhere. But there's something that happens when I come to the house of the Lord and lift up my hands. is when we fellowship with Jesus. We are made to sit in heavenly places. There's nothing like church, amen, to the point where the psalmist said that in your presence, now I don't care if I don't ever or never is in some other people's presence. The opportunity to be in the presence of the president, I'll be all right. If I don't have the opportunity to be in the presence of others, because the Bible says that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. You might rub shoulders with some people, amen, but they're not going to change, listen, your condition or your state of mind. But I found out that in the presence of the Lord, I can come in one way, I can come in down and out and depressed, but if I hands up, if I lift up my voice, I've always found out. I, le- I came in with a frown, but I left with a smile. I came in with my shoulders slumped over, but I was on my side. How many have found out that in his presence there is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures evermore. I delight in being in the house of the Lord. I'm happy. I'm joyful. It's exciting. So it is good for us to be here. It is good. It is good for me to fight through all of the opposition that tries to keep me from making it to the house of the Lord. There's opposition that we face, and that is true. God does know my heart. God knows that this filthy heart needs to be in his presence so that he can wash me, so that he can speak to me, so that he can deal with me like only he can. Yes, God knows me, amen, and God knows that I need to be here, and you know what? I know I need to be here, amen. There is no doubt in my mind that I made the right choice this morning. I made the right choice. And coming into the Lord. So Peter said, it's good for us to be here. It's good that we are seeing this, that we are experiencing this. But where he begins to be, tabernacles, one for you 
One for Moses and one for Elijah. And the Bible says that when that happened, Moses disappeared. Elijah vanished. And there was a cloud. And the beloved son said, hear him. And here's the good part. Bible says that when it was says that Jesus only with them. I want to talk about that Jesus only thing because we get we get talked about a lot, amen. Because we insist, amen, that it's all about Jesus. And that it's all of Jesus. We get ran down and we get talked about because we insist, amen, or the scriptures insist that we got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen. They talk about because they have, listen, when you have the revelation of there's only one God, amen, you understand, amen, that everything we do in word or deed, amen, it needs to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus, but there are those that are of other thought, amen, and they said, when you uh, determine or may have a made-up mind that it has to be in Jesus' name only, that you do something. You eliminate the Father. Oh, by now, there are those that believe that in the Godhead, there are three separate persons, amen. They believe that there is the Father. They believe that there is the Son which they identify as Jesus, and they believe that there is the Holy Ghost. They believe that there is three separate persons in the Godhead, but all is a little bit confusing. They're even confused about it as well to the point where they say we really can't explain it all. Um, they, that, that's what people believe. Can I tell you something that established his church in the book of Acts, amen? And I'm going to tell you something. Whenever you allow philosophy and whenever you allow uh, theater and all of these people from theater and all of these other ideas to try to explain the Godhead, you're going to always get it wrong. You're going to always get it mixed up, amen, amen, that we have the revelation, amen, of the Almighty God, amen. He is the Almighty God in Christ. And they say, listen, you are, you told him, he said in the name, amen. And so we know who the name of the Father is, amen. You'll find out in Isaiah 9 and 6, you'll find out that Isaiah begins to talk about a son that was going to be born, amen. He talked about a child that was going to be born. He talked about how the government would be a man, but he began to tell us what this child would be called, amen. He says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the governor, the everlasting father. Now hold up. Hold on. He's talking about the child. He's talking about the son that is going to be born. Obviously, we know he's talking about Jesus, amen. But listen to what he said he would be called. He's going to be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting. If anybody knows what everlasting means, it means eternal. 
It means has always been. Amen. Here, Isaiah got it wrong. I believe that Isaiah got it right, amen, that when you understand that there is only one true living God and that he manifested himself, he was the God, amen, the Father that spoke the world into existence, amen, and he is still that same God that came, amen, and rolled himself in that horn of a virgin, amen, and he is the Holy Ghost, amen, that dwells in us today. When you have that revelation, you know that it's all about Jesus. Amen. Under heaven, given under men, whereby we must be saved. Acts 4 and 12. Acts 4 and 12. They wanted to know it had to do with the lame man that had they had healed when the name of Jesus was called over his life. Chapter 4 and verse 12, you'll find out that they wanted to know that by what name has this been done? And Peter goes on and he's beginning to talk to them. Under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. Can I tell you why we insist or why the scriptures insist that it's Jesus alone, amen? That it's not Jesus and anybody else. But it is Jesus alone, because there is no other name that can save salvation in. Amen? That if I'm going to receive salvation, you'll find out that the angel told uh, Joseph, amen, he said that you are, can I tell you, there's no other name that'll get rid of my sins, amen, the way that Jesus will, amen. There is no other name that can wash me. There is no other name that can save me. There is no other name that can deliver me and set me free. And I don't know about anybody else, but I just want to magnify that name this morning. I want to let it be known there is Jesus alone. Jesus alone saved my soul. Jesus alone healed my troubled mind. Jesus alone cleansed me and washed me. And I come to magnify that name. Anybody come to magnify him with me? Anybody come to lift him up alone with me and let everybody know that it's all about him. It's all about him. The Bible says that when everybody else, you alone, we got to be able to look to him who is able to heal. Look to him who is able to save. But with our world, as everybody's looking to everybody else besides him, we're looking for help and we're hoping in people that have failed us and that will continue to fail us. Amen. Because they are only flesh. You'll find out that flesh is able to say a lot of good things. Amen. But the performing it, flesh falls short. How do I know that? Because I've said a lot of things, amen, with the best intentions, and I've fallen short. 
Uh, one that will never come short of what he has told us, amen. He is able to fulfill. He's able to keep every promise. He's able to hold to his word. And I just want to go ahead and let it be known that I've come to find out that Jesus is a friend that's sticking closer than any brother. Jesus, if Jesus is able to break the strong. says they took, he took them up. He took them up that mountain. You know, when we don't know what to say, all of the wrong things come out of our mouth. But when it was all said and done, they saw him standing alone. And if we're going to make it through these troubled times, We're going to make it through these hard times that we're living in. The Bible refers to them as perilous times. If we're going to make it through the onslaught that the devil is bringing against our heart, we are thinking it's affecting how we deal with each other. It's affecting how we deal with loved ones because the devil has just beat us down and caused us to believe that there is no hope for us or that there is no help for us, I want to remind us that as long as there's breath in our bodies and as long as we can make it to the house of the Lord, the Bible says that if we will come boldly before his throne of grace, amen, that there is grace waiting for us, there is mercy there waiting for us, there is help for the things that we have need of. I don't know about it. Make my way to the altar, amen. I came to the house of the Lord, but that's not the end. I got to get to that altar. I got to get my hands in the air. And I got to call on the only name that is able to save me. That is only able to change my mind. That is Jesus. Only Jesus. You'll find out that the spirit is very. It is very. Worship him. You only to magnify him. He and he alone is your answer. He and he alone is my answer. There is nobody else. Nobody else. Help is not coming from any other. Help is not coming from Dr. Fulton. I ain't got nothing against him, but I'm just telling you where your help ain't coming from. Help ain't coming from all of those different things that they try to, only coming from Jesus Christ and him and him alone. I got to understand that my deliverance, my salvation, the listen, peace from my heart and my mind, amen, I can never lose sight of who is the source of my peace. Isaiah said it, that thou will keep him in perfect peace, amen whose mind is stayed on thee. I've come to find out that in the midst of a world that is filled with chaos and violence, that you don't know sometimes it's a little bit 
afraid to live in this world. Amen. But I come to find out the ability to help me to understand you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be worried because if you're in my hand, there is nothing that nobody else can do. How many believe that this morning? How many believe that Jesus is all you need? Jesus is your way out of here. Jesus is our ticket up out of here. Anybody want to get up out of here? But I want to be caught up out of here. Well, Jesus is my ticket out. I want to punch my ticket this morning and let him know I want to be with you and wherever you are. Let us In order to see Jesus, in order to see that he is our answer, in order to see that I need to go down in that name, if I haven't been baptized, I need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. In order for me to see that, in order for me not to put my trust and my hope down here, all of my eggs in a basket. This basket. Some people, and I understand it because that's what the world feeds us, and that is you got to make money. But I'm sorry, if money is interfering with my salvation, and if money is interfering with me making it to the house of the Lord, see, in order for you to make it money, you got to let him take you a little bit higher. Got to let him take you and pull you and bring you away from culture. What we've come to the conclusion. And the truth is, you can't blame them because they only did what they saw. But there's something about Jesus that he wants to listen. He wants to break the cycle. He wants to break the generational curse a little bit higher and help us to see it. Yeah, I know you was taught that and what you saw. But have you considered what my wife and what was taught to you? And so he wants to elevate us. He wants to take us higher. You'll find out that when we get our eyes off of everything else, then we will see his glory. We will experience his glory. You'll find out that the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, history teaches that King Uzziah was big in Isaiah's life. But you'll find out that it's high and lifted up. He experienced the glory of the Almighty God, angels, seraphims, Christ, holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is filled with his glory. God, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. God has things, certain people out of our lives. God has to pull us away from certain situations and certain people in order for us to experience his glory. I've been heaping praise on them. I've been trusting in them all of my life. And it's nothing like when those people are no longer there. God helps you to see it was never about them. It's always been about me. And the, the, the difference is 
now you can see it. Either I've removed them or I've taken you away from that. That you can see that it's all about me and me alone. That I'm the one to be glorified. And for your deliverance. And you'll find out that Jesus tries to get through to people. But sometimes I can be just a little stubborn. I can be just a little hard-hearted and not allow the Lord to have his perfect way. And I don't know about anybody else. I hope we're all on the same page this morning. But I've come to find out that only Jesus, only Jesus can heal us. Only Jesus allow me to go free. Only Jesus can break the stronghold. Only Jesus can break the addictions. Only Jesus that I make it to heaven. Not family's opinions, not the opinions of people on the job, only Jesus. Only Jesus. And I want to come to this altar this morning. I want to come with my hands lifted. I want to come with my voice raised. And I want to admit to God, you know what, Lord, sometimes I, I may have trusted in others a little bit more than I've trusted in you morning, Lord, with my eyes firmly fixed on you, understanding that you are my only way. You are my only hope. You are my only escape. Come on, do I have some people that are in the house this morning that can come on down? That can come on down with a made-up mind that I've come to lift up Jesus. I've come to call on that name. Lord, you're all that we need, Jesus. Lord, you're all that we need, Jesus. Lord, if we got you, Jesus. Come on, somebody, call on me this morning. Lord, we've looked for everyone else besides you. Lord, we've depended on everyone else besides you, Lord. Lord, we believe in